Welcome to Transformation. I'm Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network, your host for this podcast series. This project is a partnership between the Red River Farm Network, the Minnesota Department of Agriculture, and numerous stakeholders throughout our region. There's folks like the Minnesota Farmers Union, Minnesota Soybean Growers Association, and the North Dakota Corn Growers Association. In this series of podcasts, we're bringing awareness to the issues of farm stress and mental health with a focus on solutions. In this edition, our guest is Mary Nell Preisler, who is the coordinator of Minnesota's Farmer Lender Mediation Program. Mary Nell, let's let's start by way of introduction. Tell us about the mediation program and, and your involvement with the program. The Farmer Lender Mediation Program began in November of 1985. A group of about 12 mediators was trained were trained to uh, go into mediation with a creditor and a farm family. And out of that, in March of 1986, the Farmer Lender Mediation Act was passed by the state legislature. I have been in since the pilot program in November of 85. I've been a mediator in northwest Minnesota since then. I am also a farmer. Uh, we now, my husband has retired, and we rent our land out. And uh, a mother of five and a grandmother of three and one great-grandson. Oh, fun. So tell me, how does, how do, how does the mediation process work? When a, cre- when a creditor is going to start the process of collecting on a default loan under state statute, if it's over $15,000, they need to serve out the option of mediation to the producer. They also serve a notice to us at our office, and at that point we send out the producer a, a debtor's packet, we call it, that explains the mediation process and gives them a form to request mediation. They must respond within 14 days. If not, they waive their right for mediation and the creditor can continue with legal action. If they request mediation, we have 90 days in order to meet and uh, see if we can work out a feasible plan that has them to continue farming or liquidation, or also we can restructure, and we can um, see what we can do without declaring a bankruptcy or having a foreclosure. All of this is done within the 90 days, if possible, and with a neutral facilitator um, that has is that as a mediator who is working with probably a financial analyst, the creditor, and the producer's family. We have a very high success rate. The creditors can come all the way from the local bank to the ag credit of uh, farm credit services to uh, implement dealers to uh, judgments that are over $15,000 to contract for deed holders, small businesses that have secured that judgment, they too are subject to the mediation if it's over $15,000. 
and we usually run through about uh, 300, about 3,000 notices per year of mediation. Uh, those that go to mediation, we have a very high success rate, generally in the 70s or 80% in that area. And the idea is to sit down and to have a feasible plan and make the changes that are necessary so that the operation can be profitable. Have we seen an increase in mediation cases? We have. Um, It is not as much as I thought it would be. But I think a lot of people are waiting and just wait and see what the government comes up with. Also with the dairy farms, we were waiting for this uh, dairy uh, supplement payment because of the poor price of dairy, so they were waiting for that, I think. Also, implement companies are trying their best to work out deals because they don't know what to do with all this machinery if it comes back onto the lots. And so I think that uh, there are reasons for it not being as much. We have also talked um, a great deal with the uh, independent bankers and uh, the other bankers that they are trying their best to help people to stay on the farm but make changes so it can be profitable. We've heard situations where farmers have been refinanced maybe three, four times. Uh, at some point, that, that gets to be a, a challenge on both ends for the farmer and the, and the lender to move forward, I would guess. I agree. It's very difficult. And many times, um, farmers and lenders have said, well, we're in for the long haul. This is a temporary thing. We'll restructure, and we'll see if things go better. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And when they restructure, well, then we need to make sure that when we're doing this, that's all realistic plans and not something that is uh, pie in the sky. We need to have accurate financial information. And so everything needs to be put down that is uh, our creditors, all creditors need to be addressed and uh, we need to take the full picture of what the farming operation is. So, Mary, now you, you mentioned you were there from the beginning, and we know the farm crisis days of the, the 1980s. How would you compare, contrast that to the challenges we're dealing with today? One of the challenges we had in the 80s was the interest rate was very high. We don't have a high interest rate. We also had a lot of farmers in the 80s who uh, were trying to make a living on a small farm and they didn't have the volume that they needed. We had a lot of farmers who were um, in the 80s were heavily penetrated with debt. They had just started, many of them, and... uh, the 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 prices and the in the interest was just killing them. I think the interest rate is the biggest change, and also the commodity prices. Right now, uh, with the commodity prices and the tariffs and everything that's going on politically, it's very difficult to cash flow. All these things, like you said, are, are beyond a farmer's a farmer's control. 
the risk today for for farming is is just huge how would you gauge the current financial situation on the farm and and how would you gauge how, how farmers are handling it i think we have a generation of farmers who uh, are probably older than than those that are getting in trouble they expect excuse me they expected to have everything paid off by now and instead some something has happened it can be uh, a death in the family it can be um, a car accident that leaves a breadwinner not there. It can be um, purchased the land at the wrong time, purchased a piece of machinery at the wrong time. It can be weather. Any of those things can put you into mediation. The other one is a divorce. It's very difficult for a farm to stand a divorce. Because many times the partner who is leaving wants their money. It can be that the family is splitting up and a brother or a sister want their money right now. And that's not really possible. So any family disruption can certainly uh, take a farm under. Anytime there's an extra extra expense that wasn't counted on, uh, that can really damage a farm. With these very difficult decisions, it would seem like it's almost like a paralysis. It's hard to make a decision during times like that. That is correct. And I've said that before, too, that, that it seems to me that sometimes people are just paralyzed. They don't know which way to turn. So one of the things that we try to do is to make sure that they have a financial analyst who is helping them to go through the mediation process. We have some within our program of the Farmer Lender Mediation Program, and we also have the Farm Advocate Program that is through the Department of Agriculture. And we have farm analysts who are with the University of Minnesota Extension. All of those are most of them are extremely good at putting together financial information. And that's what we need is another third party that looks at the information. And sometimes um, you need everyone working on the same for the same solution. Is there a, a mental health component to, uh, to some of this as well? Definitely there is. And it can be the stress from anyone. It can be the farm wife who says, I've had enough and I'm leaving. It can be the, the gentleman who sees that cloud come over for the umpteenth time and they get more rain. We find that uh, we're concerned about the suicide level of farmers. And it, uh, it, it just seems to get worse, especially... In some spots of this state, the rain has, and the flooding and trying to get a crop in so that you can even get government payments. Uh, We're finding that a lot of people have not put in crops because they can't get into the field. You can't go into a field with white caps on it. And we have some of that. So all of that stress comes home to roost so I can be any member of the family. 
It can be even the children. They live in that stress. And they know that there's not um, finances to do the extra things they would like to do. Like in the school programs, sometimes there's not enough money there for him to play or her to play hockey. I'm just picking an example. So the children and um, the intergenerational stress, I'm taking over Dad's farm, but I'm not successful. I have uh, a dairy herd. I don't know where the feed's going to come from for next year because I didn't get my hay in. It's too wet. I uh, can't pay my bills on Main Street. Some people stop going to town because they don't want to face people on Main Street because they know they owe a bill. They stop going to church sometimes because they don't want people to know they're in trouble. And uh, when there's a change in behavior, it is extremely important that they receive some mental health, help in some form. And that takes somebody reaching out to a mental health worker. It can be a friend, it can be uh, a family member, but someone needs to reach out puts the onus on all of us just to be aware and, and conscious of, of how people are acting and see the, the warning signs that are out there. That is correct. The most important is if people change. If people start having uh, short tempers, if they're uh, getting quieter, they're not doing the normal things that they would do. They're not going to the lake at all. They're not participating in anything. That's a very dangerous time. And we find some of that in mediation. So one of the first things we do is we try to uh, make a setting that we're in the mediation process where they feel comfortable, they feel safe. So therefore, what we need to do is to sit down and talk about this. But we need to be rational as we're talking. There's no sense in putting together a, a financial package that is not attainable. So we need to make sure that what we're putting down, and that's one of the things that we have a problem with sometimes, is listing everyone that we owe money to and trying to figure out how to pay it. So, Marina, what, what's the what do bankers think uh, about mediation? Do you get feedback there? I do. In fact, I get very positive feedback. Uh, they are, are um, they think our, as a whole, they think our program works because we get everyone together, and we do it in a manner that is civil. The mediator does not put up with any name calling or any of this kind of thing. Uh, it's very seldom that we have a mediation that we refer to that had a high, high animosity uh, rate. It's very, very seldom that we get something like that anymore. Our mediators are extremely um, prepared, I think, and also they are seasoned people. They have been doing this. Most of them went through the 80s, and they understand and they 
understand the programs. Our special thanks to Mary Nell Preisler. And a reminder, if stress gets to be too much for you, help certainly is available. There's the Minnesota Farm and Rural Helpline. It's free, confidential, and it is available 24-7. All calls are answered by trained staff and volunteers. The number, that helpline number, is 833-600-2670. You can also visit the minnesotafarmstress.com uh, the website there, links are available as well on the Red River Farm Network website, rrfn.com forward slash transformation. Transformation is a partnership between the Red River Farm Network in cooperation with the Minnesota Department of Agriculture. This project is funded by the National Institute of Health, the Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health, and numerous stakeholders, which include the North Dakota Wheat Commission, Minnesota Corn Growers Association, North Dakota Farmers Union, and others. Until next time, I'm Don Wick.